Welcome to the Cross Current Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Time is a gift. How are you spending yours? Over the average lifespan of 80 years, people will spend 20 years sleeping and 18 years watching television. That's almost half your life. When you consider the time you spend shopping, driving, eating and working, what's left? What priorities are most important to you today? What priorities will be most important to you tomorrow? What if you only had a year to live? A month? A week? One day? What if you only had three minutes to live? What would be most important to you then? Throughout this outreach radio series called Three Minutes to Live, you'll be on the streets with our TCC radio reps listening to real-time gospel conversations and learning how to witness with urgency. We are all just one heartbeat away from eternity. Where will you spend yours? Well, let's get this show on the road and find out. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. Hey, this is Chris from the Cross Current, and I'm standing with... Hey, I'm Josh. Josh. I'm Mike. Mike and... Jesse. Jesse. So you guys all seem pretty friendly. Yep. Um, as I was saying, we're doing a special series on uh, top priorities in life. What things would you guys consider to be top priorities in your life as it stands right now? I guess to be honest, uh, going to school and just getting an education would be my education? top priority. Okay. I guess edu- getting an education builds your future. So. Good for you. All right, man. How about you there, man? Oh, right now I'm just trying to earn money so that I can pay for an education. Good for you, man. Hey, yeah. For for me, it's working right now, um, and then after work, I I just try and see the people that I care about when yep. I can. Kind of the unwind time with the busy time. Yeah, exactly. Like and relax. excellent. And Jesse, I know you mentioned your plans going forward. Would would that be one of your top priorities, culinary school, or or even what would be? Uh, it's definitely a big one, but some of my top priorities, like top two, would be. Um, Getting an education as well, learning things and people, like, helping people out and just, yeah. Okay. Excellent. As I said, we're Spiritual Speakers Corner and this this special is actually called Three Minutes to Live. Have you ever been with someone with only a few minutes to live? No, I've never had that, I guess, opportunity, although it doesn't no. sound like a good <laughs> opportunity. Sound, no. um, well, I'm, you might someday being affiliated with the police. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it'd be... It'd be quite a moving experience. Um, I've never had to deal with that, though. Yeah. How do you think uh, your reactions would be in that scenario? Do you think you'd freeze up? Do you think you would you know, uh, could respond uh, if there was medical need? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could, I could think on my feet and respond to 911 if, if that was needed. Yeah. And I, I guess I'd just help them live the, the last three minutes of their life at the fullest, I guess. Okay, man. How about you there, buddy? Well, what do you mean by like their last few minutes? Like they're dying right there, or yeah. like in a hospital, or like what? Are, yeah, you pick in the hospital, or let's say you came across a guy and he's lying in the ground, he was stabbed, three minutes to live. You know? Yeah, I. You know? I, ha- have you ever? For, I guess have you ever been in that scenario? Maybe family members. You know? I've never actually been in this scenario, but I can imagine it would be uh, overwhelming. But um, yeah, in the situation right now, all I could say is that the be- I would try to do the best I could to keep them calm and. Uh, Ease them into death, you know. Okay. Cool. Like do what you can. Cool, Jesse. How about you, buddy? 
Well, I've never been in that situation before, but what I think is that you never know how long anyone has to live, so you just got to spend what time you can with them. In terms of your priorities, what do you think would be the most important to you if you only had two minutes? Suppose I put you guys yourselves in those scenarios, what do you think would be your top priorities in life? Take a, a second to think about that, and what are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> That's a hard question. Um, well, family, of course, and friends is a big one, but I'm sure, I'd, I don't know, I'd love to go out listening to what I love, the, st- the style of music. I'd love to blast them, I don't know, some Led Zeppelin while I'm on my deathbed, I guess, just to go out the way I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Go out with a bang, Yeah, eh? I guess. All right, man, how about you, Mike? Um, Yeah, in my last minutes of life, I kind of want to give some passing words of wisdom onto somebody, kind of give them something to live by, kind of what I've learned out of my life, and hopefully they can learn from my mistakes or um, my regrets or something like that. But, um, yeah, I'd also want to go out just doing what I love. I'd probably uh you know i'd smoke a joint probably and listen to some cool music like that's just what i love <laughs> and do a little longboarding if yeah you could, do right? some longboarding exactly cool. jesse how about you man i think i might meditate on the end of life there and just like everything changes and everything moves on and the world's going to move on and yeah okay so there would be an inward uh, i guess with all you guys there would be some sort of inward reflection of life uh and, and obviously life goes on what do you guys think about for yourselves, about yourselves after you died? Do you believe that there could be something else? And do you believe, uh, you know, uh, is there a place that you go? How you live here and now, does that impact where you go? Those sort of thoughts. I, I don't know if you guys thought about Mike, you had mentioned you think about those sort of things. Maybe you guys can share quickly with me what, what your thoughts are about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, well, I hope there is an afterlife. and I'm sure that what you do in the... Meanwhile, I, I guess it would reflect in how. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> oh, honestly. Oh, I hope there question. is. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I mean, it's your opinions. It's your beliefs. So yeah, what's up, Mike? same boat. Uh, definitely, if there isn't, too bad. But like, you would definitely hope there would be, right? But that's why, um, so, like, that's why I kind of think about um, the Buddhist path of uh, spiritual enlightenment, where they actually have an obtainable spiritual goal on Earth where um, they wouldn't really need to worry about so much the afterlife, um, even though that's all included in it. But, like, um, an afterlife would be completely ideal, but how you would get there, yeah, you you really have no idea, right? We can never really know. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start to bring this in a bit because you guys have been great. I want to ask a few questions, though. In regards to how you guys live, do you guys believe you're good good people in general? Yeah. Do you think that... um, wherever that place is I'm going to say heaven heaven is very Judeo-Christian I understand that Um, do you guys think you'd be good enough people to go there someday I mean we recognize uh, from a judicial sense that if someone was to break a law that they they would be held you know there's a crime committed they either go to jail they pay a fine if they're innocent they go free do you think you are good enough people to go to heaven someday Hopefully one day, um, but right now I don't feel worthy to go to any such rewarding afterlife. Um, I would have to do a lot more in my life to earn that, I think. Okay, more good works. Yeah, uh-huh. well, or something. Just, so there's, there's something, I'm not sure what it is, but there has to be something there before I feel like I deserve that I'm okay. able to accept that or receive cool. that. Jesse, I know your views are a little different than these two. 
we might have some interesting conversations after. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that that would have an impact? Uh, how you live, if you are a good enough person, would you go to one place? Um, how you live your life here? Um, gee, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I don't think I've done enough terrible things to not go there, but I don't know if I've done anything particularly good to deserve going to a place. Very, very like similar like Mike then. What I like to do real quick, and I appreciate you guys taking the time. I know you want to go and probably pig out, and I'm going to be very jealous later because <laughs> I have my wallet at home. But um, I'm going to do a quick good person test. I think you guys would probably agree that the word good is very subjective. I might say I'm a good person. Adolf Hitler might say they're a good person. What is good? Good can be anything. Anyone can say they're a good person. So we need a standard that is outside myself, outside of you guys, to... to uh, hold us account, you know, that we look to. I can't pick and choose things out of it because then it becomes arbitrary and becomes my own standard, which you may not agree with. What I'm going to use, which is uh, predicated in our social, in our laws, a hundred years ago, this is what that country is built on, is the Ten Commandments. Whether you're religious or not, most people agree they're a good benchmark for morality. I mean, right? So number nine, I'm just going to go through a few of them. Number nine says not to lie. Have you guys ever told lies before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of definitely. Of course. And I've told hundreds of lies. I'm older than you guys, so I probably have outdone you guys. So there. Yeah. So, but to be honest, if I lied to you, Josh, what would you call me? Or what would that make me? A liar, which is a bad person, kind of, I guess. Well, no, just a liar. Just a liar. Just a liar. <laughs> I mean, I know with me, when someone said that to me, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I don't like thinking of myself that way. But if someone murders someone once, they're a murderer. They rape someone once, they're a rapist. If they lie, and I've lied hundreds and hundreds of times, is it not safe to say? I've lied even cases where I did it to get myself out of trouble. Uh, number eight, oh, I'm, I'm assuming you've, I think, yeah, you said yes too. We've all lied. Um, number eight says not to steal. Thinking back over your whole life, have you ever taken something, even once? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I have. Yeah, and yep. so, so have I. And again, if you've taken something that doesn't belong to you, what do you call someone? Uh, thief. Thief. No, 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 no tricks. Number seven, it's a little more controversial, but it says if you look upon someone with lustful desires, you committed adultery in your heart. Uh, actually, to take a step back, it says if you commit adultery, you, you know, if you cheat on someone, or you know, but in the fulfillment, that says if you look upon someone, even if you look upon someone, it's adultery of the heart. Have you ever looked upon someone with lustful desire? Oh, you're already smiling. You're busted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Most surely. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd call you guys liars. Wait a second. So, one last one. Again, a very controversial one because we're using a standard that's I can't pick and choose from, but I'm gonna pick go through them all. Number three says so not to commit blasphemy. Blasphemy is a word that means uh, use in vain. You, it means use God's name in vain. In other words, JC or GD, um, have you ever just flippantly kind of said those things? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, now you're all going to die someday. Yeah. If you were to be judged, and a big F here, by those Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty after what you shared with me? Shared with me, and I haven't gone through the other six. Well, I guess I'd be guilty. Yeah, I would be guilty. Yeah. yeah definitely guilty. <laughs> Would you agree with that or no? Oh, just guilty. Yeah, just I'm just guilty. saying guilty. You know? Would you agree with that or no? I, you're, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want, I want it your own. Guilty, but what would it be weighed against? What other good things in your life have you done? Well, that's a good question. 
Suppose someone, a police officer someday maybe, right? You save hundreds of lives for a living. And you you murder Jesse's mom. Should you be held accountable for what you've done wrong? You broke the law. Though you've saved and done more good than bad in life, should you be held accountable? Yeah, of course. It's murder. It's so, so you're actually on trial for what you've done wrong, not the good things you've done. So if that meant we broke the laws and I'm included in this and I'm guilty, would that mean heaven or hell? If you're guilty, hell, I guess. Yeah, hell. You've been on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. We'll get you back for the conclusion of the conversation in a few. But first, here's how you can partner in the gospel with us. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of the Cross Current. Will you help here, H-E-A-R, at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. So if that meant we broke the laws and I'm included in this and I'm guilty, would that mean heaven or hell? If you're guilty, hell, I guess. Yeah, hell. But would that concern you? It's very predominantly taught uh, for the last 2,000 years. I know our culture is very multicultural. I'm just asking the question, though. You know, there's absolute truth in this life. There's an absolute gra- there's gravity. There's uh, laws of physics, you know, mathematics. That's how we build buildings. Two plus two is always four. There's moral absolutes. Murder is wrong. Rape is wrong. Child abuse is wrong. If there are absolutes in this life, and and there was a law giver who made those laws, natural laws, and he made a supernatural law in death, saying one right, many wrong, heaven or hell. Would it concern you, you guys? Would you? Would it concern you guys at all? Forget, you know, because you talked about three minutes left to live. Suppose this was true and you had three minutes left to live. Would it concern you? That there was someone judging us? That by your own admission, you... Are, oh, we're saying that we're going to hell. You've broken those laws. You see, you have a conscience, Mike. We all have conscience. Con actually means with, science means knowledge. You are with knowledge that some things are right and some things are wrong, right? So therefore, it's kind of like if you've ever felt guilty, you know, at some point in your life, we've all felt guilty. That guilt, now there's environmental factors involved here, but when it comes to lying and stealing, there's this impartial judge in our mind that says, you know, Jesse, Mike, Mike, Josh, don't do that. And sometimes there are selfish reasons, usually, for, at least for myself, I'll speak on behalf. I do it anyways, and I feel guilty. We are all born with that. So by that standard that's written across your heart, you are guilty of breaking those laws. So just like in civil court, you break a law, there's a consequence. And if you broke those laws and your consequence is hell, would it concern you? Um, yeah, there would be. Um, I know we don't think about it on a regular basis, and I, I'm not trying to ruin your weekend if, that, if no, that's no. the truth and that's if, what it is but if it isn't like yeah you know like, I really don't know so I can't right that's, like, a, can't that's a good question that's a good point if, you know? if that is the truth and we're being punished for things as simple as our lies and uh, well even though to some people they aren't simple things right lying can be a really big deal but like something that we might not take as uh, largely as other things something that we take lightly like lying or something like that if yep. you're being critically judged on something like that that is really concerning and um, but it's not something really that we can prevent because we don't know right 
Right. So how about you, Jesse, before I, I, I finish up in the next few minutes here? Um, again? Just the thoughts that would it concern you if that was a reality? No, no. Let's say some, let's say the heavens parted, God looked down and quite clearly said, this is the truth. Would it concern you? That's loud. Um, hmm. I'm laying it on no. Because Maybe you can share with me one. If I've done those things and I'm being meted out what justice is coming from above, then okay. that's just the way it is. Okay, so you believe that justice is important. Even in civil court, justice is important? Let me ask you something real quick question. Suppose I, I stole a car. Suppose Josh, you had a Ferrari. Right? It was that. a beautiful <laughs> car. But suppose I came along and I stole your car. You saw me do it. Even the judge that's going to sentence me saw me do it. I, you, you were gracious enough not to pound on me, but you grabbed me and you took me before the judge. Fun and story. I, yeah, and I'm standing before the judge and the judge says, what do you have to say for yourself? You know, you're guilty. And he says to me, because he's the judge, he's the one that defines what the sentence is. Not me. He doesn't ask me, okay, what's your punishment? He says, a million dollar fine or $10 million fine or a $100 million fine. The point is, I don't have the money. It's, it's That fine payment is next to nothing to me because I can't pay that. Mm-hmm. The alternative to that is the death sentence. Crazy as it is. Or just jail. Right? Well, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be nice to Chris. Not death sentence. <laughs> but suppose someone in that courtroom saw the whole thing, said, hold up, judge. I've mortgaged my house. I've sold my car. I've given everything I can to raise that money and he wrote a check and he gave it to the judge on my behalf now the judge has not compromised justice which is what obviously you mentioned it's very important right we want justice in our civil system if there's a God who created us we want him to be just too we're moral why wouldn't we want him to be moral also so suppose that debt that that million dollars was paid on my behalf I'm free to leave the courtroom now I'm still guilty but my debt was paid and he never compromised justice. How would you guys feel towards the person that did that for you if, if the roles were reversed? Would you feel gratitude? Would you feel unworthy? Would you accept it? What's your thoughts? Big question. If someone was, was willing to do that for me, I uh, would be everly grateful, but there, I would always have the feeling of guilt that I needed to somehow pay them back because I just couldn't receive a gift like that for no reason and yeah. not let it go unnoticed or unreturned. Yeah, in this culture, you don't, you wouldn't find someone doing that, right? No, you know yeah. I mean? But you probably wouldn't go and steal uh, poor Josh's Ferrari again, though, would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> because then you'd be a hypocrite. Yeah. You'd want to try, if you were truly appreciated at second lease in life, you'd try to live a different life. Mm. What I'm getting at, guys, and I just want to summarize, is that by the standard that's written across your heart, I'm going to be pretty forward in this right here is according to what the bible says god wrote the knowledge of right and wrong on our hearts it's the only world view out of all the different worldviews out there of hinduism buddhism muslim we've studied a lot of different religions that actually has an account for why we have morality it's the one that actually explains why we have a morality evolution doesn't explain why we have a moral a moral compass uh, and i've studied that very in-depthly too now if god is moral he can't overlook the guilty He's just, but suppose someone paid that fine on your behalf. And this is what I'm saying is that 
Who do you think that would be the only person that could keep those Ten Commandments? Keep them? Like, you mean watch never, over them? Never break them. Oh, um, the person who made them themselves. I agree. And I would say that would be God. I tend to think that everyone on this planet has lied at least once in their life. And if they say no, then they're lying right there. <laughs> you know? So, what I'm saying is that for it to be a perfect debt payment, it's got to be a perfect person. Well, no one's, no one's perfect. But it's also got to be a payment made from a man because man was the one that broke the law. So God, being infinitely wise and gracious and merciful, provided that in his son by coming. Like a, it's like a hand that feels like love. He watched his world, thought, word, and deed, never broke those Ten Commandments. He was perfect. He was betray, uh, basically betrayed and put on the cross, beaten. But the Bible says the wrath of his father was poured on him. And it pleased the father to do that because what he was doing was he became the sin, paying it in full. I don't know if you guys math math, math majors or not, but you know the infinite sign. The yeah, the you, that's right. Sideways. Eight. If you take subtract any number from infinite, what what do you get? Uh, infinite. That's right. So in other words, if I sin against an infinite God, it's an infinite amount of time in hell. There's no number of enough time in hell that will cancel it out. But if there's an infinite debt payment made to cancel my infinite debt infinite minus infinite is zero now that's why I had to be God that's why the God was the only one who could pay and cancel that debt on our behalf God is perfect we are not God had to pay the debt because he's perfect himself and he did that in love he stepped up 2,000 years ago you can check the historical records I mean there's tons of it we have more than 25,000 New Testament manuscripts through archaeology alone that support this that hasn't changed that the guy lived, he died, and he rose from the dead. 500 people saw him and witnessed it. And then people were willing to be martyred, horrible deaths on the grounds that they were eyewitnesses to his resurrection. It's not like they were 2,000 years removed and they believed. They were eyewitnesses. So who would die for a lie? No one, no one would today, no one would back then. What I'm saying is that if we trust in that, if we trust in the sacrifice of Christ and what he did on our behalf, the Bible says his our sins were taken upon him and his perfection was put on us. So God will see us perfect and he will welcome us in and we can have eternity in heaven. That's the Christian message. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it like that before because to be honest with you, I don't want to be cruel to Christians, but 90% of Christians I've talked to, they, they don't know that. Yeah. They, they think they're going to go to heaven because they're a good person. I was about to say that what you said about Jesus being the zero and God and everything like that, was probably like the most sensical, logical explanation. It's very logical. Like it's very heard. rational. Uh, but there is a, I'm not going to take away from it, guys. There is a faith component. At the end of the day, you either believe or you don't believe. Personal. Uh. Let's get personal. Uh. And make sharing your faith a part of every day. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Get Personal, a 60-second sample of personal witness training with the Cross Current. Christian, have you listed out the lost in your life? God's already placed you within a plentiful harvest of personal contacts. So commit their names to paper and begin praying for God to give you the boldness to share Christ and for God to give them the desire to receive Christ because faithful prayer is step one toward faithful personal witness. And that's just a glimpse of how TCC can equip you and your church to normalize sharing Christ in all your personal relationships. Personal. For more uh, personal witness center training, 
Hi, this is Kirk Cameron, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. What if you had only three minutes to live, Christian? Hi, this is Corey McKenna, founder of the Cross Current and host of TCC Radio. This series, Three Minutes to Live, is all about urgency in the gospel, the urgency of non-Christians hearing the gospel, and the urgency of Christians sharing the gospel. So that's why at the end of each episode, I'll take about three minutes to open up God's Word to help you amp up the urgency of your witness. I've called these quick tips for being an everyday evangelist for Jesus Christ. And here's quick tip number one. Live every day in light of eternity. In Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Contrary to cultural cliches, do you know that to be heavenly minded is actually of earthly good? Not only does living heavenly-minded day-to-day give us the unshakable hope of glory with Christ in light of our eternity, but it'll also move us above and beyond our small, self-centered thinking into the biggest picture possible when we have fears of sharing Christ with the lost in light of their eternity. Think for a moment of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. When he was brought before the enraged Jewish council for preaching the gospel, the Bible says this of Stephen's God-given sense of urgency in the final minutes of his life. But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. It was Martin Luther who said, There are two days in my calendar, this day and that day. Here we see Christ's servant Stephen, with only minutes to live, living this day in light of eternity, until that day when he was in eternity with Christ forever. Christian, the truth is you may have only three minutes to live because it's God who numbers your days. That's why we must live every day in light of eternity. So when we fall asleep in Christ, we too will wake up in his presence being found faithful to the very end. Thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. To access this podcast and all resources related to this series, visit us online at tccradio.com. I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of the Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online, and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. That's H-E-L-P, 
H-E-A-R.ca. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.